Welcome to The Dwelling Place, where three friends talk about approachable home design and our never-ending search for the perfect rug. So whether you're doing laundry or the dishes, join us in a conversation about making our home a beautiful dwelling place. If you've ever felt totally overwhelmed walking into your house because it just feels like none of this stuff even goes together, should I just sell everything and start over? Then this episode is for you. Kimmy, Bree, and myself, Emily, are going to break down how to design a room like a pro step-by-step. We'll also share some steals and deals we found lately and of course end with some pillow talk. Let's start off with some highs and lows. The last time we recorded, we had construction noises in the background because of a certain update in your life, Kimmy. Yeah, last time when we were recording, we had, um, you guys may or may not have heard some construction going on with my porch. And if you follow me on Instagram, you've probably been seeing all the updates with that. It's definitely a high for me because I've been wanting a porch since we bought the house. Ever since I've been coming over and talking about it. Yes, because the old, like, it was one of those, like, cement stoops that was crumbly and just horrible with the wrought iron. I don't know. What do you call them? Yeah, the swirls. (laughs) (laughs) And it just, it wasn't serving us well. It was very short. So when you opened the door, you had to, like, step off the landing when you were, like, had groceries in your hand or like bags and stuff. It was just really awful, especially with Jude, you know, having a little kid and like carrying a little like car seat when he was an infant and things. It was just not good. So we started that in the beginning of the summer. It's really exciting because it's getting close to being beautiful. I mean, it is beautiful, but it's getting close to being finished and decorating for fall is just like... It's so exciting because, I mean, everyone, you know, look up hashtag fall porch. Like, everyone, Mm -hmm. like, fall porch vibes. And everyone talks about, I think that's probably the most decorated a porch is seasonally. I would agree. I don't think people go all out for spring or, I mean, sometimes maybe winter Christmas stuff they'll do. But I think, like, fall time is, like, for porches. Mm -hmm. Like, porches are made for fall. Gotta have some pumpkins and some mums. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just like, that is a high right now because I'm going to get full into decorating all things fall on my new porch and it's just really exciting. It's going to be epic. Yeah. So the low for me though is this whole sconce situation (laughs) that I mentioned in one of the last episodes. We were looking at all the sconces. That was for my interior, the ones that we were critiquing and stuff but I had an outdoor sconce picked out and then I think this low might actually turn into a high but I'm gonna explain it so you guys looked at it we linked the sconce and then I realized when I was like actually getting down to ordering it and like doing measurements that it is like a down light it had that arch you remember the matte black and it has it down so the sconces that I have right now on my porch are actually up lights and we have to use the existing electrical box because we don't want to change the siding. But they look like lanterns. Yes. So they look like lanterns and they're they're up lights. So the light is like above the electrical box, whereas these, the light would be below. Oh. I was like, shoot, this is probably going to, like the light's actually going to be too low. 
So then I was like, oh, back to the drawing board. I'm going to have to tell all the listeners. I have to, <laughs> you know, find new sconces. And so the other night I was texting you guys. <laughs> Like, how many pictures did I send you? Like, 10 sconces? I was literally on Wayfair and Amazon and all sorts of places for, like, three hours just looking at sconces. So, this is the low because it's just, like, wasting, like, a time waste. But the high is that I think my original sconce is going to work. Because let me explain. So, then... I was like on Wayfair and they had at the bottom of like one of the sconces, they had like a tip on how you should put where you should put sconces. And I didn't know this, but if you have, so most doors are like 80, 81 inches tall. Like you should measure 66 inches from the floor or the ground, whatever up. And that's where the bottom of the sconce should be. So I measured how it would like hit from the electrical box and it's like right at that 66 mark. So I was like, wait, maybe this is okay. So then I started going on Pinterest looking at like exterior sconces next to doors and they're all actually lower than where the people installed the sconces here. So you actually need downlights. Yeah, like, yeah. So I was like, wait, this low is actually high. I think (laughs) I need to like clear it with Ryan and stuff, but... So do you think you're actually going to go with the barn light? Yeah. they called it that doesn't look like a barn light. Right. It's like a more modern. Right. Yeah. I think. Instead and it's of got the cone. The cone. Well, it, no. It, 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 it is, is the cone one. Yes. With okay. the high-low. The high-low. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. The high-low is the high-low. I know. These girls, <laughs> these poor girls have seen literally so many sconces I've, that I've showed them. But we're going with the high-low one. The high-low hem. Yes. Sconce. Yes. So we're going to try for that if I can convince Ryan because it is a little pricey. But I created another email for Wayfair to get their 10% off. <laughs> do you guys do that? Because I literally no. have like, oh my gosh, I have like 10 emails just so I can get 10% off of Wayfair every single time I order. <laughs> you guys Wait, have never done that? This is, a, this is a thing. You guys don't this do this. This is a hot tip. It is I've a never hot tip. Heard that. It's if you sign up for their newsletter with a new email, they give right. you ten percent off. Yeah. So I just create a new email every time I have a big purchase from Wayfair. <laughs> Can we put this in? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we can put this in or not. Listeners, tell me like other people have to do it, this. Yeah, I'm sure they do. Uh, you can go on eBay and buy coupons that's true i didn't think about doing that maybe i'll yeah, actually look and see if i can get a higher like a, one like a 20 percent, 30 percent, okay. or something like that on ebay but listeners if you can't on ebay sign up with another email yeah <laughs> chris Lis julia buys the ebay coupons yeah i should do that go yeah, chris maybe you can find. <laughs> <laughs> we should have like a counter for how many times we mentioned yes. Chris Loves Julia. Yeah. Do like a little sound effect. When we did time? our Just Marco kidding. Polos, we talked about that because uh-huh. every time we would mention, uh-huh. you know, Chris Loves Julia does this. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, those are my highs and lows. So stay tuned to look at our Instagram. I'll post some fall porch pictures and um, you'll see what sconces I end up with. So next up, hey, Bree, how about you share with us what your highs and lows are? My highs and lows are a vacation. We went on vacation to Maine, which is always so much fun to get to see family and hang out and stuff. And we did so many fun things. One of the things that we did was a hike up. It's called Streaked Mountain. 
Yes, the name of this mountain is Streaked Mountain. <laughs> I don't know how they came up with this name. I hope it's not from what we think it is, but that's the name of the mountain. I went on it a few years ago, and it's a steeper hike, but it's pretty short. So, like, you can do it the whole thing in an hour. Easy. And so my mother-in-law and my sister-in-laws and cousin did this, and it was so much fun. And my cousin was thinking about taking her kids because there are wild blueberries growing on the mountain. And I hadn't been up there during the summer. I've been up there, like, more in the fall time, so I've never experienced the blueberries before. So there are wild blueberries, and we're hiking up the mountain, and it gets steeper and steeper and steeper. Oh, and my cousin's like, yeah, we're not taking my kids on this. And I'm like, yeah, that's probably a good decision. <laughs> so we're climbing up the mountain. And all of a sudden, we hear this noise. And we're like, what was that? It was like this noise. And we're like, what animal is this? It's not a bear. It's not a deer, because okay, deers snore. So we're like stopping and like yeah. looking around and being very quiet as we're like slowly hiking up the mountain. And so we finally get to the top of the mountain and gorgeous views and stuff. And then we hear the noise again. And we're like, what is this? And at the very top, there's like a radio tower or something. And this, these two guys are at the very, very top working on something with some electrical drill bit or what? whatever. And it made the noise. So we're like, that's you! <laughs> at the top of the mountain. So we figured out our mysterious animal, but we did so many fun things. I'm glad things. it wasn't an animal. <laughs> yeah. Our hearts got a little bit racing. <laughs> uh, we went to the ocean a couple times. One of the times we went with my sister, who is Mariah, by the way. We never clarified who this mysterious Mariah is in our previous two episodes. Mariah is my sister. So she lives in Maine. Yes, hi, Mariah. Um, We went to the ocean one day, and it's a state park, and then it's a public beach. But where we went to was a state park. So you expect the ocean to be an ocean, right? So we get there, and it's like a brown slushy. And it's not the big seaweed. It's like brown, little, small, squishy seaweed that sticks to everything. So my almost three-year-old is like, let's go in the ocean. I'm like, okay, here we go. So we're we're playing in the ocean, and this seaweed is, like, sticking to everything. I'm just like, oh, my word. It was just happened to be with the weather and the time of year and the cove that we were at. Just all this brown goo was going (laughs) I'm sure he still loved it. Oh, he did. He was racing up and down the beach and having so much fun. So That's awesome. Oh, my goodness. We had a great time. So highs and lows in there. Fun times yeah. with family. Fun times hiking. And it was really good. So those are my highs and lows. Emily, what are your highs and lows of the week? So mine are also vacation related. Had some memory making incidents. Started off great. I should say we went to Arizona in the summer, in July, which is, like, not the ideal time to go to Arizona. And it, this was the first time we'd been back, all of us together, in the three years since we moved. Aww. So, our first time back to see everybody yeah, and that's everything. Cool. We do, like, one of our old traditions. We'd always, like, after church, we'd drive over to Chipotle, which is, like, really close by. And then, like, after dinner, I just was not feeling good. And I was like, I just must be tired and, you know, stuff. So we just were chilling at the hotel, watching the Olympics and everything, went to bed. I still did not feel good. And then at like two in the morning, I woke up and was like, oh, I really don't feel good. (laughs) And 
oh, just that being is horrible. violently ill for uh, about two hours. Ugh. Brian eventually woke up and like came in and was like, "Do you need anything?" <laughs> I was like, "Yes, go get Pepto Bismol." Is and he like Tums one of those husbands that's like more like the Chucky the bottle and hopefully yeah. the best. <laughs> <laughs> I he I would say more the like Chucky the bottle because that's basically what he did. He got me water and then like put it in there and then he went to the store, drove around for a while till he found a pharmacy that was open and came back with Pepto Abysmal in like three different forms Aww. and Tums and all the things. Which at that point I had like gotten it all out. Right. So, but I still took it. I figured with as bad as it was, it had to be food poisoning, and it's just really sad, and I was the only one that had the pork, so I, I think it was Chipotle, and I'm really sad Are about that. Are you ever going to have pork at Chipotle again? No, but I don't <laughs> know if I can ever eat Chipotle again at all. Well, you could have the chicken or the steak. I don't know. It's just a fluke thing know. that happened. Yeah. I ate Chipotle, like, the day after you told me, <laughs> and I was fine, so... <laughs> So that was definitely the low, but my high, I think, there were, well, there were a lot of highs. It was a really fun time in Arizona and in California. One of the highs for sure was getting to redecorate my friend's living room. Ooh, I love so doing fun. that. <laughs> Me too. And the last day we were there, we went to lunch together, just the two of us. And then she's like, oh, there's a Hobby Lobby close by. We should just go over there. And so we walked over into Hobby Lobby, and then she's like, you know, I was, I've been thinking about redecorating. Maybe you could help me with that a little bit sometime. She wanted to redecorate a little bit because her husband didn't like her decor. He is very <laughs> modern, simple, industrial mm-hmm. style. Like my he, husband. Yeah, like mine. It's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a husband thing. And he hates farmhouse And that's what she tended Mm -hmm. to gravitate more towards was the farmhouse stuff. They do live on a farm, but their house is southwestern style. So it has, like, the textured Mm. walls. Kind of like that, yeah. Or adobe style walls, I think is what it's actually called inside. Adobe? No, adobo is the spice. (laughs) (laughs) But adobe is, like... My illustrator in Photoshop. No, no like uh, like the mud houses. Okay. I guess I just it's never southwestern. heard of it. Southwestern. Okay. <laughs> southwestern. Yeah. We're not from around there. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but she had really gotten into signs that oh, had words. And she had mentioned to me that that was one thing that her husband hated. When we were in Hobby Lobby, I was like, okay, so... You really like the signs, and you like the words, but we can't have all words together. Like, we can't have all the words. It's too many words. It's like your eyes don't know where to go. It's just all these words shouting at you visually. And so it's like, okay, I get it. I get it. Like, we could keep some words, but we also need some big, like, art without any words. It's just more colors and patterns and texture, and we need, like, a textural object Um, And then we can blend, like, those things together with some of the photos that I knew she had. I was talking through all these things while we looked around. And I was like, so do you like this? Do you like this? This goes with this. This goes with this. She was like, yeah, I don't really like that. I don't really like that. I just don't... I don't really like that. And then she's like, well, I mean, I like it, but I just... 
I don't, it's not really my style. So, some people can't visualize how things will look in their space if yeah. they are right. inclined in that way. And sometimes it does take, you need to buy this. Right. Trust like, me, we'll have a receipt. This will fit. <laughs> this will look good. She had all of these little signs with the verse from Joshua. As for me and my house, okay. we will serve the Lord. And that's always been her theme verse. Like, yeah. as long as I've known her, I'm pretty sure at one point she gave me something with that verse. Mm-hmm. And so it's so, meaningful. Right. Really, mm-hmm. really meaningful. And so we saw this big version that had it all written out in big letters. I was like, okay, this is the sign mm-hmm. that you need. You need it, like, nice and big to fill up your wall. Mm-hmm. So I finally convinced her to get that. We got back, started taking everything off the walls. That was where, at one point, I texted you guys a picture and I was like, uh... What would you do we here? Got a flurry help. of texts from Emily. Yeah. Like, help. <laughs> SOS. Uh, we need to redesign this in a very short amount of time. And this is what we have. <laughs> but I think it turned out well. We were able to repurpose some fake plants that she had. I found some like Southwest pottery and turned it all backwards so you couldn't see like the designs on it. <laughs> That's something I would do too. <laughs> and put that like on one side. Her favorite piece that had words that we picked up at Hobby Lobby, it was green and had plants. We had that one on the fireplace. And then I layered it with a couple woven basket-y things. Um, And then on the main wall, we took down all the little word signs, put up just the family pictures, (laughs) and the big, as for me and my house. Less is more. (laughs) And then the leaf thing. Um, It's like a wooden leaf. Board. I don't. How would I you describe know. it? It's like a wall it. hanging that's kind of sculptural as a leaf, like the shape a of branch. a leaf, like a cutout, maybe. Yeah, a cutout. Yeah, would leaf be a, cutout. Yeah. Yeah. But wooden. Right. Or metal. And I think it turned out really, really well. And we both had a lot of fun doing that's it. That's awesome. So it's fun to do it. With right. So she wasn't offended by you saying, "Okay, we got to get rid of some of these <laughs> word signs." <laughs> no. Okay. I think good. She's really hard to offend. It turned out really well, and we had a lot of fun, which is, like, what really matters. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Yeah. So, speaking of room redecorating, that's our main topic today. So, let's take a quick break, and then we'll get into that. All right. So, we're back, and today's episode is Where Do I Start? how to design your room like a pro. So we're just going to go through 10 points, give or take. We'll see what happens. (laughs) And we're just going to all chime in and talk about how we do it. Um, And I guess I'll start. So the first point we want to bring up is you start with some inspiration. So, Mm. you know, you can get inspiration really from anywhere. A really great one for me is, you know, Pinterest, of course, and and, uh, Instagram. You know, searching hashtags. Um, I did this with my porch. Like, as I start doing, like, a fall porch, I want to kind of, you know, that's not a room. But it's along the same lines. Where do you guys start with inspiration? Or where, where would you tell somebody to start with inspiration if they don't know... How to use a computer? No. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know where you were going with that. No. Like, you know, for your porch, you knew you went in mid-century modern. But if somebody doesn't know what that is, if they don't know the different design styles, where do they even start to look for inspiration? 
I think you should start with a mood board on Pinterest. Yes. Because mm-hmm. when you start pinning things, you'll be able to look back and see a theme and right. be like, oh, I really like hanging baskets. All these images have hanging baskets. Or I really like black rocking chairs along mm-hmm. those lines. So I would start with the mood board because you just get a feel of how you want your space to look and feel. Yeah. And the cool right. thing about Pinterest is a lot of times they have captions on them. So if you're seeing that, like, wow, I'm really liking all this, like, really stark black and white contrast kind of images, then you realize, oh, that's Scandinavian Mm. or, you know, Mm. something like that. And it will say Scandinavian at the bottom or whatever. And so then you realize, okay, if I type in Pinterest Scandinavian design or Scandinavian bedroom, then I'll see all these images that will help me. That could maybe help. That's where you can figure out those terms to then narrow down your search. Right. I agree with, like, starting by casting a wide net for Mm -hmm. inspiration, Mm. where you just pin all kinds of stuff that you like. You may not know why you like it. Right. And then as you see it all together, you'll be able to pinpoint what it is you like about it. Mm -hmm. Which is kind of how I came up with my color palette for our house now, the pink and the navy because I realized I kept pinning all of these pictures of pink living rooms with navy blue couches. Oh, wow. Like, multiple different living rooms that mm. had pink walls and a navy blue couch. what your heart was yearning yeah. for. Yeah. <laughs> and the navy blue especially, I kept finding more and more pictures of that. Um, I had mood boards for each room. Mm-hmm. And I then, yeah, but I could look across all the pins and see, like, there's a definite theme of the navy blue mm-hmm. and the pink and, like, the boho accents going on and, you know, some traditional and stuff like that. Right. So, I think, like, you can start big and then really analyze it and then break it down so you can figure out your color palette, your design style, and then that really helps you know where to go from there. Right. Yeah, so another thing with getting inspiration, I think that if you, it depends on the room that you're doing, but if you have like a certain art piece or a rug Mm. that you want to use in the room, something that has like a little bit of color in it, I think starting with, or maybe an, an object, like a textural object or a design object, that could be a really good starting point too that just gives you inspiration like oh this has navy in it so I want to like maybe incorporate some navy in this room or it has a pop of rust or terracotta and I I really want to go this theme because of you know or color scheme because of this artwork or whatever that may be so that can also give you a lot of inspiration as well so secondly you really want to define the function and purpose of the room so Think about what you're going to be doing in that room and what you want to use it for. And then plan and design around that. Mm. So if it's going to be a room where you're going to just chill and hang out and watch TV, you want to plan where you want the TV, what kind of furniture you're going to need, how to orient things. All of that is going to tie into it. Um, Obviously, if it's like a kitchen, there's going to be food, but you can think about what's practical for you and... Um, also looks good, but I think really getting clear on what you need the room to do and then tying in and then designing around that is important. 
for me, my living room has to be multifunctional because I have a living room where we watch the TV, but it also has to be a playroom, but I don't want it to look like a playroom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I, I like having children. I love having children, but when they go to bed, <laughs> I don't want to see their things. Right. So I want to be able to hide them in baskets and in a hutch and I have this bookshelf behind the love seat that acts as a, what would you call that behind the, the couch? Console table? A console table. Yeah. I have a makeshift console table with a bookshelf in the back of my love seat so you can't see the colorful books and stuff when you right. walk into the room. So trying to find creative ways of hiding the mm -hmm. not-so-pretty things. Right. Yeah. Or even if if there's someone who works from home and you have to include a workspace right. in a room or even just the command central space um, to pay bills and do all that kind of stuff, you got to think about the best position for that to be and how you can incorporate it too. Yeah, I, so back to the, like, the children's play area, my entry room was literally just a pass-through room for a very long time. It's a rather large room, but it never was used until I actually turned it into a multifunctional space and I made it a, like, a play corner, half play corner, half, like, mud room, entry room where you take your shoes off and your coat and everything. And, yeah, that's definitely important to, like, think about, hey, there's this room I have. I need to think about the function of it and make it work. Because there could be rooms that you just don't even use if it's not functional. <laughs> right. I thought yeah. about doing that with our bedroom because my bedroom is that weird L shape. And when you enter, I just have a mirror, a leaning mirror on the left side. And the right side, when you walk in, you have my husband's dresser. And there's just this kind of like empty square. So I was just thinking about this today. What if I bought like a nice desk? Because sometimes my husband works from home mm. and we have to take out this, you know, plastic folding table and then roll off the office chair oh from, gosh, that I have yeah, hidden. No. And it just gets to be a pain. And then it just becomes a catch-all for the things when he's not working mm -hmm. there. Although I try to pick it up. But I was thinking, I was going to mention to you girls, what if I got a desk? I love it. Yeah. yeah. Love it. So I think that's going to be my next Seeking You Shall Find yes. is a pretty desk that will work for me and work for my husband. That's a great yeah. idea. It'll be pretty. Because yeah. I have room for it. This next point was one that you brought up. Oh, take everything out. All your frames on the walls, all your plants, all your pillows. You can leave the big pieces, but take as much as you can out of the room. Just having... A fresh new look of the space helps so much. Like when I'm redecorating my living room, I want to look at my stuff differently. So I take all my decorative optics off, all my plants, and I put them on my dining room table or on my coffee table and just have this pile of stuff mm -hmm. <laughs> that I look at. And then I shop my stuff. And I always place my biggest items first. Which is number four. And you'll notice the items that you have left are your least favorite items. So then maybe yeah. you'll be able to part with or repurpose those items. You just look at your things with fresh eyes. Okay, so three num point number three you're saying is you're in your room, you take everything out, even furniture? If you can take out furniture like small end tables, lamps, things off the walls, yes. Yeah, yep. so take it all out, and then number four you went into you start placing only the big items back in first and mm -hmm. figuring out like the layout of it. Right. And if you want to rearrange, now would be a good time to rearrange as well. 
yeah. my sister and I, <laughs> when we were little growing up, we would close our bedroom door and say, Mom, don't come in our room. She'd be like, okay, girls. And we had a 10 by 12 room. It was not a big space. So we had two twin beds, two nightstands, and two dressers in this room. I don't know how we did it. Anywho, we would close the door and we would be like 9 and 12, like, hee! <laughs> like literally with our backs against a bed like shoving our huge wooden dressers across the floor and we had to like so puzzle piece this room together because you could only slide the bed so far and then you'd have to move the dresser so far and it was it was so much fun but anyhow I've been rearranging since I was really little <laughs> I was too but it was like my Barbie houses <laughs> yeah as you're placing the bigger items back then you'll be able to determine the focal points of your room or focal point if there's only one. Uh, depending on the different purposes and needs of the space, I think that kind of will determine how many focal points and what they mm-hmm. need to be. I think typically, though, you'd probably only have one. You right. wouldn't want competing focal points. Right. So, like, in a bedroom, it would typically be the bed, like the headboard mm-hmm. or the bed. In a living room, if you had a fireplace, that would be a really good focal point. But it could also be a really fabulous velvet couch, like you, <laughs> Emily. Do you think the couch is the focal point in that room? I'm just I saying, it's like, I was saying like a really oh, fabulous sure. couch yeah. could be, not right, necessarily right, right. in your room. Because <laughs> you have a fireplace. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I don't feel like the fireplace is the focal point in that room. What do you think is the focal point? The TV. Same uh, thing in my house, because I have that corner fireplace and if we had all our furniture looking at the fireplace we wouldn't have any place to put our tv so actually our focal point is the tv and the fireplace is an accent i wish it was the fireplace i wish the tv was on the fireplace well someday we'll all be rich and have frame tvs (laughs) so it will be quote-unquote artwork is our focal point The only reason I could think of, like, you might need more than one focal point is if you have a really, really big room that's, like, open concept. Well, like mm. my great room. Right. Yeah. I, I guess I, I think of them as being separate rooms, even though right. they're not. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. Like, if it was a really big open space, then yes, you would need multiple focal points. Yeah. For sure. And you can do this designating the areas by rugs. Yeah. Getting back to rugs. Rugs help the situation so much. When in doubt, add a rug. rug. <laughs> <laughs> and that's back to my the entry room. That's how I the entry room that I made into a play corner slash entry room, I designated like I made the zones out of using rugs. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's like such a good tip. And yes. my great room, same thing. It's a big open space, which if anyone doesn't know, a great room is typically a living room a dining room and a kitchen all in one big open spot. So my great room, I have it designated with rugs as well. Well, besides my kitchen does not have a rug. I would love one. It has a little (laughs) rug in front of the sink, but I want like a big one sometime under an (laughs) island. Seeking you shall find. I'm looking for Mm. a workbench island. Oh, really? Like a really antique old looking workbench. (sighs) As my island. Wouldn't that be so cool? If you guys ever find one at a garage sale, let me know. There's one, or there used to be one at the local antique store here that used to be an old baker's table. And it was literally two feet deep by two feet wide, maybe a little bit bigger, but a solid block of wood. 
and then it had legs coming off of it. It's gorgeous. That's Maybe so it's cool. still there. You should go check. I want it to be like three and a half feet by two feet. Or four feet by two feet. I want it rectangular. Okay. This was square. So that's not going to work. Okay. But you should it try it at the still antique work. store. Yeah. I will It look. was so cool. Not that I'm money right now, but <laughs> <laughs> it's on my long list of things I want. Anyways, back to our points. So... Where are we? We did one, inspiration. Two, define the function and purpose of the room. Three, take everything out. Four, place bigger items first. Five, find a focal point. And six, consider the composition. So this is kind of like when you're in a room and you feel like maybe all the furniture feels very heavy on one side and the other side is like kind of like more open. You want to think of it like balancing the whole room. Mm -hmm. So if there's something like, like I'm sitting in my bedroom right now and I'm seeing I have a very heavy piece of like a dresser that's really dark and it feels very heavy and it's balanced out with my headboard, which is a dark green, but there's nothing on this side, like on the other opposite side of the dresser. And eventually I'm going to be getting a really thick frame around my standing mirror that's like leaning up against the wall. And I think that will help balance that it. That beautiful. Um, but you want to think about that with colors and size of furniture. You just want everything to feel very balanced. Do you guys have anything to add to that point? Also in furniture, you don't want all your furniture to be legs. So you have everything on high heels. And yeah. You don't want everything like smack dab against the floor either because then you don't have any. It just feels like short and fat. Yeah. Right. It feels stumpy. Yeah. yeah I, I really love that point because I heard somebody once say that if everything's on little legs, like those spindly legs or the mid-century legs, it feels uneasy mm. because you're. it's like you're walking on all high heels. <laughs> so I really do love that point. You want to mix it all, that the, the weight of the furniture is all varying and it all balances each other. So after you've got your composition, you want to start layering in your smaller pieces, but don't go too small. Don't add too tiny items because then it looks cluttered. Mm-hmm. We yeah. did this with your shelves, Emily, too. When yes. We were looking at yes. Because I, that, yeah. <laughs> it's still a thing for me with collecting little things. Yeah. Like little well, things. Well, they're cheaper. cheaper. Right. So I had, I have like a stack of 8 by 10 art prints. And that's what I would use to decorate with a lot of the time because they're cheaper than buying a really big piece of art. Well, here you go for 8x10. If you look over in my room, that is an 8x10 print in a very large 16x20 matted frame. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what you can do if, if people have a lot of smaller pieces of art or family photos, get large frames with, like, with large mats and it mm-hmm. really just makes it feel so much more high end. Target yeah. has one that's two feet by two feet square and it has like a small little picture oh, in the really? center and it looks gorgeous. I think it's like $50. That is a great tip. Yeah. I mean, if you're going for the kind of maximalist look where you have a collection of like little somethings together, like keep them all together yeah. and like make it a statement and really own it. Give it purpose. Mm-hmm. Right. Instead of scattering, scattering them all throughout right. the room That's or when the it house. Looks cluttered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to make it look intentional. 
Exactly. Yeah. And so there's nothing wrong collecting little things. I don't collect anything. But if you are a collector, try to keep it all together. Mm-hmm. Tell us about number eight, adding something unexpected and out of your comfort zone. What were you thinking Free. Free. <laughs> With every room needs something off. When you have everything matching, we can we keep coming back to farmhouse, but if you have everything farmhouse, it looks like you went to the farmhouse door. And there's nothing <laughs> it just looks okay, boring. Hobby lobby. <laughs> yes. It looks flat. When you have something unexpected, I saw this one room, I was watching this design show, and it was in New York City, had this giant, you know, gorgeous windows, very simple furniture, and they had this ginormous piece of art on one wall, and it was of Campbell's tomato soup, and it was this acrylic painting of this soup can, (laughs) and it looked incredible, (laughs) but like, who would think of putting a soup can on their walls? I would not think of that, but Mm -hmm. it made the space, because it made a statement, and your eye didn't go to like, oh, this is so flat, this is so boring, it was like, whoa, look at this space. It yeah. drew your eye up to the windows and, oh, it was incredible. Mm-hmm. So ha- try to have something off and try to step out of your comfort zone. And even if it's just a little bit, when I'm helping family or friends decorate and stuff like that, I try to just nudge them a little bit. I'm not going to give them the, the soup painting, but I'm going to be like, instead of getting this cream blanket, maybe we'll get this textured tan blanket that has all the tassels and stuff. It's still something you want but it's just a little bit different to add more Mm -hmm. interest to the Mm -hmm. space that's good if that's point eight a then point eight b would be to add something that has a story Mm. so like with the soup the campbell soup painting there's probably a story behind why they picked that particular one of all paintings out there and but you can do it on a smaller scale too where you just find like something really interesting Maybe it's something vintage mm-hmm. or historical or an antique or something or something that was passed down to you. Yeah. That just has a story Or like you it. were traveling and got this really cool vase mm-hmm. from, you know, out of the country. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That just adds depth and makes your home feel and your space just feel unique to you. Mm-hmm. More curated Cur- for yourself. I was right. just going to say curated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And not like it could belong to anybody. Yeah. Or just from any magazine. Like, then it really feels like you. And I really love that, too, because those pieces, as well as, you know, the unexpected and the pieces that have a story, they become conversation starters. Yes. And people will gravitate to them and be like, why do you have this? Like, what does this mean to you? And then you can go in and be like, well, let me tell you this story. Yeah. (laughs) Another thing that adds so much life to your space are plants real plants or fake plants you I have a mixture of both actually because my bedroom is really dark and I'm really limited in what I can put in there but adding living plants there's so many easy ones you can take care of snake plants pothos zz plants these are all great options for Mm -hmm. your space that are low maintenance water once a week even if that and Oh, my word. It just adds so much. So if you're stuck with a space and you're wondering why it's not working, throw a plant in there. (laughs) And the thing is, too, you know, with this number nine, adding life with plants, like you don't actually have to add real live plants to add life. You know, just the greenery. Mm -hmm. So if you if you're really somebody that doesn't have a green thumb, you feel like you are too scared. 
start off with something fake. Get a faux plant. These days you can find so many great faux plants <laughs> that look real. And just the greenery will feel like there's life in the room. Mm-hmm. So I would totally recommend that as well. Yeah. I have killed a ZZ plant. It's really sad. <laughs> I actually have too. Oh. <laughs> I, to my credit though, I kept it alive for a very long time. Like, we're talking like five years. We brought it with us from Arizona. And then, like, over the last three years, it had just slowly died. Like, one the lighting stalk in your house time. has got to be very different from. Yeah. Right. It was probably a shock. But I mean, look at my snake plane over there. It's. It's not very happy. <laughs> it looks really healthy, actually. It's just it's get a so, little closer. You need to you need to repot it into a deeper yes. pot. That's what yeah. needs to happen. Some of the branches are leaning over a little bit, but it doesn't get any light because now I have curtains behind yeah. my <laughs> headboard. Um, so I might have to put a fake plant there, and that's yeah. okay. Like. What I actually love doing in my house is I have half fake, half real. And people never know. They're always asking me, like, wait, I thought that was real. Oh, that's fake? And Ryan always, he's always like, wait, is this one real or not? (laughs) I have a funny story about that. Today, Edison decided to water my plants. And he went ahead and did it all by himself downstairs. And then I was like, what plants did you water? (laughs) And it's because there's some that are real, there's some that are not real. (laughs) And he's like, I wanted all of them that had dirt. Well, but some of them have really convincing dirt. Right. And sometimes you can even put real dirt in with a fake plant. Yeah. I do that too. Mm -hmm. And it makes it look more realistic. Or moss. I did Mm -hmm. moss with my olive tree to make it look more real. Yeah. Yeah. So then we had to go around the house and he had to show me which plants he had watered. (laughs) And I think it was only like one fake plant. That he had actually watered. And then he missed a few of the real plants. So that was just funny. But <laughs> for a minute there, I was like, oh no, he watered my fake fiddly fig trees. <laughs> uh, so 10, we have one left. Emily, do you want to yeah. share 10? This one I feel like is really important. Be willing to rearrange and try again. Yes. I used to feel like if I didn't get it perfect the first time, then... I had failed, and I just needed to live with it and see how it was going, how it was working. But now I know, like, you can just return the rug and try again. Mm -hmm. If it's, you thought it was the right size, you get it, and it's not, just return it, try again. It's all just part of the process. Mm -hmm. Just trial and error. You thought the couch was going to work there, and it doesn't. Well, just move it back to, you know, a new location, Scooch everything over again. Yeah, and grab a friend if you need another set of eyes on the Mm -hmm. situation because sometimes, like, you girls have helped me with my living room. I'm thinking of when with furniture placement because I was just so stuck and I couldn't figure out another way to do it. Mm -hmm. And now that I've figured it out, it's like, I love this. And the thing is, is I know, Brie, you love, like, continuing to rearrange i'm one that likes to find the most efficient and beautiful way and just keep it that way and then just change decor things around it you know so you don't have to continue rearranging unless you're like brie and want to but 
our guests. I have this this family that comes and visit us, and every time they come, they're like, "Oh, the bed's in a different position. <laughs> you got a new comforter." <laughs> I like your lamp. <laughs> so funny. But just keep playing with it until it works, and it's okay if it takes some time. So those were the ten points that we shared about where to start when you're designing a room like a pro. And we'd love to see your rooms. If you ever want any help, send us a question and ask us if you have any dilemmas with your room and you want some help, send them along. We would love to help you. We have an email, dwellingplacepod at gmail.com. Send us an email. We would love to hear from you. So for now, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. And welcome back, guys. We have a new segment for you. It's called Steals and Deals. So as we find things out thrifting and hunting and garage sailing, uh, we're going to share what we find. So I have one for this week. I went to an estate sale, and I highly recommend going to estatesales.net. You can type in your um, address, and you can see the sales that are in your area. So I did that, and I found one that was really close by, and I went waited in line it was like starting to rain <laughs> and finally get inside and oh along the lines when you go onto their website you'll also see pictures you can get a sneak oh. peek of these oh, state that's sales. cool mm. so in those pictures i saw that they had rugs and i'm like oh my word i need to be the first one there i was not the first one there <laughs> um but i waited in line and slowly i saw some rugs coming out i'm like oh no i'm not gonna get anything and i walked in there raced through the house and found rug after rug after rug after rug so i started making a pile and i found i think like eight rugs and i got them all for like 120 dollars. i got five by seven i got like this 12 foot runner which i have all no vintage use for. all vintage like persian ish rugs mm-hmm. And I found little ones, and oh my goodness, I found so many. So it was a I, rug jackpot. Yes, I took a video of like them in my van, which we'll post in our stories because <laughs> I was showing the girls. I was so excited. We to were find drooling. Rugs. We were yeah. like, oh my gosh, they're so beautiful. That's just the dream. Yes, to find real vintage rugs for that cheap. Yeah. Right. Like some of them are four dollars for the smaller two by threes. That was crazy. You still didn't, my heart was racing. You still didn't show me that one that you were. I have I was, one for you, Kimmy. I'm okay. going to clean it first, though. <laughs> I have not forgotten. You're going to clean it with Emily's with Emily's carpet, carpet yeah. cleaner. <laughs> the circle continues. <laughs> but anyway, I was so excited. That's a to great find these tip, rugs. though, about the estate sales. Dot, what is it? EstateSales.com. Dot net. Dot net. Mm, I yeah. need to look at that. Yeah. Because that's a really great tip. And if you're going to visit somewhere on vacation. Check estatesales.net and see if you can find anything there. That's brilliant. I'm totally doing that. Yeah. So speaking of finding cool places to shop when you're on vacation, when we were on vacation in Arizona, I stumbled across a Target outlet store. (gasps) So I have like heard of this a little bit. I like knew this kind of thing existed, but I found this website a blogger actually put together a comprehensive list of all the different Target outlet stores um, by state. The Targets in that state, when they have items that people have returned, they're still in like almost new shape. Wow. Sometimes like brand new. This one was called Mesa Liquidation. And it was like in this little strip mall. 
And I was like, I don't know about this. But we went in and it was really nice inside. And there were just bins after bins and uh, shelves after shelves. Of Target returns. Yes. Oh, my word. Yeah. Heaven. Like, by us. And everything was at least 50% off. And I fell in love with this gorgeous Project 62 chair completely brand new still had all the tags on it and everything but and it didn't have a price they knew i was interested and so then they went and put a price on it it was originally 250 and the price they put on it was 62 wow and then when i was checking out without the chair of course because they can't take it back on the airplane excuse me the guy was like yeah (laughs) the guy was like oh if you really want it i'll give it to you for 50 well, like, you could have paid the $25 check fee. And just check the chair. <laughs> but I was like, man, that chair. So it's worth looking into if you have a Target outlet somewhere near you. That's a great that idea. You can check out. So now with that, we're going to go right into our last segment, which is Pillow Talk, where we share things that we're loving. So guys, I want to tell you about this marble salt cellar that I got actually a couple years ago and I didn't know it was a salt cellar. (laughs) So I was on Amazon. It was like Christmas time a couple years ago and I was trying to come up with an Amazon wish list and I found this like, I was looking for like decor objects to have. We were renovating our bathroom and I have these open shelves and I wanted something on the shelf. I saw this marble container with a lid. I was like, oh, that'd be really cute in my bathroom. So I bought it, not really like looking at what it was. So when my mother-in-law actually gifted it to me and when I opened it up, I was like, oh, this is a lot smaller (laughs) than what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be like, I don't know, at least four inches around or, you know, four to five inches. But it's like two inches. It's pretty small. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, that's okay. It will still work great in the bathroom. I put it in the bathroom. It's looked great in there for a couple years now. (laughs) (laughs) And then I think this was like a few months ago, Brie, you were actually talking about your salt cellar and like Mm -hmm. a spoon that your sister Mariah got Mm -hmm. you. And you were like sharing it with us on, you know, Marco Polo. And it dawned on me that I was like, that's what that marble thing is. It's a salt (laughs) cellar. So if you guys don't know what salt cellars are, like I didn't, is when you have like the fancy salt, it won't fit in salt shakers. So you keep them in something that's like a stored container that you can have that keeps it like, it's like a cool, dark place that keeps it fresh, whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, you open it up and you can pinch it. You know how all the rest... little fancy spoons. Yeah, you can use a little fancy spoon. This one doesn't come with a spoon, and you don't really... It wouldn't fit with it. It's just... Yeah. I just pinch. And if you look at a lot of recipes, they always say, a pinch of salt. (laughs) (laughs) And if if it's baking, you know, you just, like, use a teaspoon or something. Why I'm talking about this is because... Recently, I started a new, I'm not going to call it a diet because it's the anti-diet, as they say. It's it's very opposite of all the like fad diets, but it's called pro-metabolic eating. And I won't go like fully into it, but if you're somebody that has deals with digestive issues or hormone imbalances, if you have fertility issues or things like PCOS or endometriosis, 
this pro-metabolic eating is supposed to be really great for balancing your hormones and all of that sorts of stuff. And I've had issues, so I'm trying this out and I'm actually really loving it. One of the things that they really promote in the diet or the anti-diet <laughs> is having coarse sea salt. That's like a specific kind. It's like got to be crystal. Apparently they're against like the pink Himalayan. Oh, I love the I pink know, Himalayan. I know. But for some reason, this is like a better salt. <laughs> I haven't really researched why. I realized when I bought the salt, I was like, I have nothing to put this in <laughs> because I was just keeping it in the box that it was. And then I realized I do have something to put this in my salt cellar that I didn't know was a salt cellar that's in my bathroom. So I went and grabbed it and I put the salt, washed it first, put the salt in and it's like working so great and I love it so much. And every single morning I put a little salt in my oatmeal or, you know, whatever I'm cooking and baking and stuff. And I'm just like really enjoying it. So I wanted to link it and tell you all how wonderful it is in case you ever want to have a salt cellar get this one. So you want to know something really funny? What? When I was cleaning before a vacation, I was cleaning the shelves in my bathroom and I found I had this little decorative container on the shelf that I bought, I don't know, five, no, 2012 maybe? (laughs) I bought in 2012 in Oregon at a special shop in this beach town where I was visiting my sister, long story, and it was like my souvenir I brought home. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was. It was just this little container. It's about like this big, like my two fists together. And it had this little lid that would slide. Yeah. Like swivel my mom has off one like that. and back. Yeah. And it's a salt it's cellar. It's a salt cellar. <laughs> <laughs> Is this a thing? People have salt cellars in, in their, their bathroom. bathroom and they don't know that they're salt cellars. I don't know. Check your bathrooms, people. <laughs> uh-huh. Although I have to say that on the Amazon link, like if you see the salt cellar that I'm linking... It actually has, like, a picture of, like, hair ties in it. So you can use it many different ways in a bathroom. <laughs> but that is really funny. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, going out of the bathroom and into the kitchen. Well, I guess your salsa cellar was in the kitchen. Yeah. But um, my favorite thing is a knife holder that I have. And a lot of people have knife blocks that you slide the knife into. This is a piece of wood, and it has a magnet embedded into it at an angle so it's a piece of wood at an angle and then you lay your knives on top of the wood piece and the magnet in it holds it so i don't have that many knives i have like four good ones um an eight inch and a five inch and you know a paring knife Mm -hmm. so they're really accessible because otherwise i had them in my drawers which is like a no-no clanging together and dulls them quicker so now i can have them out easily accessible and they look pretty do you get worried that when evan can like start climbing more and bring chairs over you don't think he would ever like no. go grab one my kitchen <laughs> counters the corners are really deep set yeah back. Mm. and it's in the like the far yeah. corner okay i okay. wouldn't i'm not worried about that at all yeah. yeah that was a thing like when i looked into a new knife situation for my kitchen i was like i can't do anything because you have a climber i have a climber yeah (laughs) yeah i know he would get into your even your deep wide bennett would get to the night yesterday he was hungry and i guess and he climbed up on the sink to get like my deep farmhouse sink i had a pot down there with boiled eggs that I was letting cool before I, like, chopped up, peeled and chopped up the eggs. Oh, no. He got out two eggs and ate 
them. Shell and all? With the shell. What? He, like, what? the first one, he started eating and he, like, spit it out all over the dish drainer side. And then the other one, oh. he, like, pulled it open and was just, like, scooping the egg part out. And, like, a few minutes, I don't know how long that went on, but then, like, I was just sitting on the front porch, drinking my coffee, doing my journaling, and then he came running out with egg all over his face. <laughs> and I'm like, Mom, eat eggs! Eat eggs! And I was like, but I didn't peel them yet! <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. He's excited Nuts. Yeah. Uh, that's so, funny. Should I share my favorite thing? Mm-hmm. Yes. Back to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> this is a product that I just picked up. I picked this up at Sephora, but you can also get it on Amazon and I'll have a link for it. But it's the First Aid Beauty KP Bump Eraser Body Scrub. So. If you have KP, which is keratosis pilaris. Polaris. Polaris. I don't know what this okay. is. You're educating because me. Because you okay. do not have it, but those yeah. with it, we know, we know. everything about it. <laughs> yeah. This is a condition. It's a genetic condition where the pores of your skin, where your hair follicle is, dead skin cells build up there. And so it forms these little bumps okay. on your skin wherever your hair follicles are. And sometimes people call it strawberry skin. Or chicken skin. Or chicken skin. Because it'll be like little, all these little bumps. And they're rough. Like, right now it's not that rough, but in the winter, mine, you feel them more. Mine too. It's like really bad. So, like getting it on your upper arm is a common place. Or on your legs, on your thighs. Buttocks. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have any on my butt. I don't know if you do, but I'm just saying it's a common area. If you do, we've got you covered. Um, <laughs> um, my knees, like, always have it, pretty yeah. much. But it can get just really annoying because it's, like, rough and it can get all red. And When you take a shower, does it get hot and red? Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. That's yep. another thing. Hot water can, like, make it worse Irritate and flare it. up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's no way to get rid of it. Or to, like, cure it completely. You'll always, like, have it. But there are things you can do to reduce the appearance. And one of those things is exfoliating. So, um, this scrub uses pumice stone. So it's, like, really thick and gritty. So it has, like, really finely crushed up pumice. And it also includes some, like, chemicals, like, for, like, what you would do for a chemical peel on your face. So it chemically exfoliates as well as physical exfoliates so you're actually scrubbing something into it and then the chemicals also break down your dead skin it like really exfoliates and removes those bumps and have you noticed a difference using it yes i have so in the summertime like pool like being in the pool and chlorine a lot can make it worse and sweating a lot can make it worse too because it can clog up your Mm -hmm. pores and it has definitely helped me. And it's also helped Bennett because he has That's it. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, Jude has it too now. Oh. Which, because it is no. hereditary. Yeah. <laughs> so I will like scrub a little bit on his arms and legs when he's taking a bath. And this scrub, you can only use it like two to three times a week. Okay. Um, but yeah, it really That's works. That's really great to know. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. 
Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us today. We want to know what you thought of this episode and what you want us to talk about next. So find us on Instagram at the Dwelling Place Pod or send us an email also at the Dwelling Place Pod at Gmail. Please leave us a rating and review and share your thoughts. And don't forget to visit the show notes for pictures and links to all the things we talked about today. We'll see you next week right here at the Dwelling Place.